We are two women in academia, raising questions and breaking down perceptions from a black point of view. Welcome to the Black Case Podcast. It's your girl, Dr. Porcher. And it's your girl, Dr. Bertrand. That's friend. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. And we back. 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 Hey. It's been a whole daggone year. Yes, it has. Since we recorded the Black Gays podcast. Yes, it has. But can we take a moment to shout out the people who've been waiting on us, though? Listen, who are they? Because <laughs> I know they've been hitting. <laughs> no, they're not saying it like that. You be laughing because this is our first time for, for real. But I want to shout out Dr. April Baker Bell because she actually had reached out to me and was like, where y'all at? Is Keisha good? Because I haven't seen her on social media. Mm. Like, she really did that. And I also want to shout out Tracy Ferris on Twitter. She was actually a person who DM'd me on Twitter and was like, how y'all doing? I ain't heard from y'all. And there were so many others. But those two really hit my heart. Listen, friend, and I think we have to have a real conversation today in order for us to... We can't just jump back into season three without talking about what happened to us over this last Lord. year. So, friend, can you tell the folks what we talking about today? Sis, bro, you good? Listen, are you good, though? Like, are, you are you good? Really good, all right? Um, so we got to have a, a heart-to-heart conversation with you all today, and we want to do a mental health check-in, but y'all know that we like to model vulnerability so we gonna tell y'all what's been going on and I feel absolutely horrible because I ain't got not a piece of tissue and I know I'm gonna be crying but before Mm. we get into Mm. the podcast today friend you know we always start off by honoring the OGs so who is our OG for today and we got the same OG y'all our OG for the day is deeper change therapy I Mm. oh lord I thank god for a therapist like, for real. And I ain't going to put my therapist's name out there because I always put her name out there. She's like, you know, Keisha, you, you shouldn't be doing that. But um, my therapist um, is a part of Deeper Change Therapy. You all can hit them up. They are located in New Jersey and Plainfield, New Jersey. They also have an office in New York City. But literally, I would not have gotten through this season without them. Um, and I actually put Dr. B on to Deeper Change Therapy. Do yes. you want to say anything? Let me tell you, my therapist, whose name, because I don't need y'all booking her up and I can't get my <laughs> weekly appointments but um but i ain't stopping no black woman's bag so y'all can call over there if y'all want to just don't play with my schedule but i just want you to know that she is phenomenal and i would not be where i am mentally like right now without having those weekly therapy moments with her Mm. all right friends so i'm gonna let you get us started what we doing well, you know how we do. We see some podcasts, and I ain't being shady. They just you being be, shady. No, 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 I am not. Okay, but some ahead. people just be throwing out stuff. But we got organization, okay. so we gonna give the people <laughs> or, organization. Organization. Okay. okay, that was me channeling my inner Issa Rae in L.A. But whatever. Um, we're gonna start off with our personal testimonies. What, what you thinking about that? So let me ask you this question, because I, who says this is hard. What kept you away from black gays? Okay. So, to be completely transparent with you all, I told my therapist that we were getting ready to start season three back. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so when you start season three and you talk about, sis, bro, you good, make sure you tell the whole truth Mm -hmm. and don't just... 
leave out of the story the things that are hard. So I'm going to give it to y'all straight up. Mm. Um, I almost died this mm. past year um, delivering my son, who is a miracle baby. He was born three months early, one pound, 4.5 ounces. Um, in the process of that, and I'll talk more about in detail all the things that happened to me on this journey, but I developed preeclampsia with HELP syndrome while mm. I was pregnant. Um, so my son was fine, but my health was failing me, so I had to have him early. My son was in the NICU for 80 days, and while he was in the NICU, he almost died. He developed an infection that spread through his body all the way to his brain. Mm. He is fine now, but I have to be honest with you all and say that I have been struggling mentally, physically, and spiritually. And while we are, like, rounding the bend in terms of his health, he actually just had two surgeries a week ago, um, I'm still dealing with all the things that have happened. Like, I'm still mm. carrying around that trauma and trying to do the work to fight for my mental health. So that's where I have been this time, friend. And I did all that mm. without crying. Shout out to therapy. Not that I don't cry, but I have really, like, she's really been practicing with me saying, because sometimes we like, oh, I just had a hard time. She's like, nope, you have to name the thing. So I literally almost died trying to bring birth um, or to have my son. Friend, let me just say that I am so proud of you because as I look, I got one tissue that I was I trying to wipe my lipstick with. I'm praying that I can hold on to this little single strand, but I'm so proud of you because I've been able to uh, be on this journey with you and I've never experienced you speaking freely about this situation outside of us, you know, like to, to sit here and share this and be confident that you're going to be okay. This is my first time experiencing that. Listen, do you want us to get through this mm. podcast? Or? I just, I just want to, I just want to shout out your growth because I think that that's important. Um, wow. Okay. All right. Friend, so tell me what's been going on with you. Yeah, because, I was like, can you ask uh -huh, me a question? Listen, I got on the lip bar, uh, moisturizer, tinted moisturizer, and I'm trying to keep that joint on my face. Okay, so go mm. ahead. It's your turn. What's been going on with you? What kept you away from black gays? Well, I'm glad you asked. And honestly, y'all, I was I'm gonna be really transparent with y'all. I've been trying to write up like what this would experience would be like for me to share um what I've been going through, but I really something just told me, you know, just go out there and just tell it like it is. And to be honest, the pandemic, a lot of things have uh, been new to me in the pandemic. And one of the, the two things that's been the newest to me are panic attacks and depression. Mm. I um I've, I've experienced sadness in my life, but I've never experienced it to this level, Girl. which moves. Like, I literally started Googling what I was experiencing, and it came out with anxiety and depression. And so I think that um, some of you will be like, well, we saw you on Instagram, and you got a new job and all these things. And that is a blessing. But I think a lot of times we don't talk about the backside of the Girl, blessing. Girl, come on now. And so in this season, I was in the Midwest. I felt isolated within that space. And so I did take a new job um, and I moved. But in that transition, and this is something that happens in academia and I'm learning a lot, is my family was divided. Mm -hmm. So my husband stayed back because he has to find employment. You know, I believe if you don't work, you don't eat now. Girl, Everybody got a break. Listen, Come man, on. it don't work. Don't live Speak up in word. this house. Come on. But he actually had to stay back. And I transitioned with two kids in a new area. And this has been 
a hard experience. And while I I believe I suffer from control issues, my, my therapist tells me this all the time, but also superwoman syndrome. Mm. And so I was trying to do all things and do all things well, but my mind took a toll. Like, my mind said, you can't do this no more. Like, mm. And it really came to a point that I remember... One day I was sitting on the toilet. Um, the toilet? I mean, I'm going to tell the people the whole story. I'm trying to get them the vision. Oh, uh, okay. Come on, vision. And I literally, my chest, like, just tightened up. I Like, mm. I couldn't breathe. I was seeking, trying to find air. I was having a whole panic attack. Mm. And that week, I found myself, like, dropping the kids off, being happy, but then laying, going back and laying in bed. Because mm. it was to a point that I was just like, dang, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Mm. And it was through praying. It was through trying to read the Bible. And I'm going to be honest. There was a time when I was like, I ain't even trying to pray right Girl, now. Girl, don't like I, started, I, I, I ain't, ain't even trying to, to do that. I ain't got nothing to say but right now. But it was through a time of just being able to move through that. And now um, through therapy, I'm learning that I, one, need to release control of things, but also that I need to rest. Mm. And my body and my mind was telling me to rest and that I don't have to do all things. And one thing that I also learned is that I need to ask for help. Mm. That's good, friend. And let me say this before we move on to the next section, um, because we ain't going to be before y'all long. Y'all know how we do. Come on. Come um, on. Um, I'm proud of you. Like, I am Ooh, incredibly child. proud of you. Because you know how you do in the world. You don't be sharing no things. You know I don't tell my business. No, like, my no. mama says, I'm a private person. Listen, whatever. But in this season, and the purpose of our podcast is for folks to be free, right? And so the word says that we overcome by the word of our testimony. And so when we deal with these things by ourselves and we're in our own heads, then we think we're alone, right? And so mm. I'm super proud of you because I, I have to pull things out of you when you my best friend, right? I'd be mm. like, oh, what's going on with you? God already showed me what's going on. And I'd be like, nothing. Mm-hmm. But I'd be knowing. <laughs> so I am so incredibly proud of you for sharing your story because you know I'd be telling my business but I am you proud do. of you. You do. You be telling your business. I sure yeah. don't. I mm. sure don't care. But anyway, friend, I think you led us into the perfect space to start talking about how we deal with these things. So tell us a little bit about the history on black people in therapy because I think that's where we need to go next. Go ahead. I, I agree and one of the things that you all know that black gays is is we are um we're trying to educate folks yeah we make y'all laugh and we make y'all feel good and all those things but to us we want to make sure that our folks are showing up well in their minds in their bodies in their spirits and so with that y'all i done pulled some information because listen when we, and we call this, you know, sis, bro, you good, because when we ask our sisters and brothers, are they okay? Are they good? We really are checking on your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And listen, before you even move on, if somebody asks you if they're good, because you know, be like, saints, how you doing? I'm mm-hmm. blessed. And highly favored. But listen, if you are not, it's okay to say, I'm, I'm not. not. Come on. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go No, on. I like when you ju- jump on in when you feel the spirit move you. <laughs> but one of the things that I want to take a moment, and I actually want to honor the lives of a couple of people that within this last month are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And that is in Alexander Jr. He was 26 years old, and you all may know him as Regina King's um, son, but I also want you to know he had his own identity because yes. a lot of people sometimes attach folks to, you know, their family or their friends. Um, Chesley Chris, 
30 years old. Uh, remember, she was Miss USA okay, 2019 mm-hmm. attorney. And that was the year when they had a whole All bunch the of black, black women. women. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And then, this is the one that actually caught me off. Mm-hmm. The Hyattsville, Maryland mayor, mm-hmm. um, Kevin Ward. He was 44 years old. Mm-hmm. And then, me and you were talking last week and realized the guy, Moses J. Mosley. What show was it that he played on? Uh, I don't be knowing no TV. Okay, okay. But he was an actor, and he was 26 years old. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be specific with um, mentioning their age because I feel like a lot of times people will be like, oh, well, they was young or they was old. Y'all, it's hitting, like my mama would say, Lottie Dottie, everybody. Lottie Dottie and everybody. Everybody seriously. is carrying something. And when... Chris, uh, um, Chris, uh, Chesley Chris, sorry, passed away. The American Federation of Suicide Prevention actually released a statement. And in that statement, they shared that black communities continue to face longstanding socioeconomic, cultural and other barriers and critical, like critical things that are happening to us that aren't happening to other race groups. And end quote. I actually, you see how I did that? That I was some, that was some media type stuff because I, I wanted to like highlight I that. See but you yeah, the quote. okay, but whatever. So I had a conversation <laughs> with my therapist, and we were talking about how. Every black person should receive therapy just based off of the trauma that they've experienced. It should be a part of our reparations package. It should be our reparations package. Listen. Oh, my gosh. And so um, one of the things that we also talked about is how we hold trauma in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so when we go through life, we are really just building on things that were already trauma that was already there. So we're just packing this stuff on. So when we talk about carrying weight, we're talking about not only carrying past traumas from our ancestors, but also carrying your everyday, you know, traumas. And so I wanted to divide this into two things. I wanted to talk to brothers, but then I wanted to talk to sisters because I think that we go through, we all carrying something, but we're carrying it differently. Absolutely. And so when it comes to the brothers, one of the things that I was reading about, because I'm not a man, but I'm, you know, I, I was reading about it. Okay, now. Is that they struggle <laughs> with the idea of being openly vulnerable and sharing mm. their emotions. Mm. And we can trace this back to, as I was thinking, slavery for real, because you had to be tough. You know what I'm saying? On them auction blocks, they was looking at your teeth. Yeah, we and have all. to go to the okay, auction block. All right. Well, Keep okay, going. let me get Keep back. Going. But let me tell y'all, Bell Hooks has a book, and it's titled... Um, Real Cool Black Men and Masculinity, where she discusses the lack of love and acceptance that black men face, creating an emotional crisis. And in that book, she also talks about how in order for black men to open up and ask for help, they have to crack this cool facade. Mm -hmm. And um, so many brothers, though, as I was thinking about that, they were taught that you suck it up. Mm -hmm. You a punk if you start crying. Mm -hmm. Man up. Like, these are things that we teach from when they're young toddlers all the way through. So it's it's really hard for a lot of our brothers to come out and say, hey, I'm not good. And the I'm thing is, if we do have um, men that are emotionally savvy or emotionally mature and they do express themselves, then we say they're soft. Like, you too soft. Mm. Why are you expressing yourself like that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting. Now that I'm raising, a, I'm rearing a son, like, even when my son cries, I'm not like, can you be quiet? I'm like... Baby, how can I support you? Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. I think that it has to start early to say, 
Like, we all have access to these emotions. God didn't say, I'm going to just give women emotions and not men. We all have access to them, mm. and we all should express them. And it's not just the good ones, right? And so just like we talk about women being super women, we expect men to be super men, too. Oh, that's good. That is, you ain't talking about Clark Kent. Nope, I don't know him. That's the Superman, girl. <laughs> you know I don't know people okay, on TV. Okay, anyway, but let's move. <laughs> I can't believe this, girl. <laughs> I don't know about your TV channel. But whatever. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we're talking about men, but I also want to talk about the sisters. Come on now. And I feel like because of what you shared and what I shared, and I have seen people on just yesterday. Remember when we were preparing for this, we were going on Inst- on um, Twitter, and we were seeing so many people saying they are not well. People are literally saying, I am not good. I am feeling really down. This is the lowest I have ever felt in my life. Like, And people are putting things like that on social media. So you know where we are because social media is really good at like trying to keep up a specific perception and try to appear like everything is good but literally at least every day I will go through my Twitter feed or go on my Instagram feed and there's somebody saying I am not good Mm. I am not good so go ahead I'll let you finish for women I know I suffer from superwoman syndrome and I know that there's so many other women who have this issue like of I need to get it all done. I'm going to hold it down. And I think that if we actually take it into the stance of academia, I think academia puts that pressure on us. But but listen, let me tell you A lot of times. Ain't no award at the end but death. Mm. That's all that's at the end. Ain't you ain't getting no extra bonus for being no superwoman. Ain't no award. Ain't no, like, stipend or nothing. Right? Listen, but the, I'm glad that you brought that up about not having an award because there's actually a professor, Cheryl Giscombe, and she actually said, I'm about to quote her, researchers have suggested that health disparities in African-American women include adverse birth outcomes, lupus, obesity, untreated depression, this can be explained by stress and coping. Mm. What we have learned how to do is to put it down, suppress it, and try to cope. So that's one of the things that we are doing as black women. And to be honest, that's killing us. And listen, friend, and I'm going to say this because it's something I've been talking to my therapist about. And I, Dr. B will tell y'all, I'm real, like, as much as I can. Now, I eat candy because I'm from the hood. But for the most part. What? Do all people in the hood eat candy? I do. And I eat, like, <laughs> flaming Hot Ruffles, flaming Hot Funyuns, okay? But for the most part, I eat well. I exercise all the time. I've never had any medical challenges. So for me to have had so many issues with my pregnancy, I really struggle with that. And so my therapist was like, Keisha, this is not to blame. But as black women, we also have to talk about the trauma and all the things that we have carried that might be manifesting itself as we prepare to get to give birth. Mm. And so sometimes when I think about my childhood, which I've shared here and all the experiences I've had in my life, yes, I've been in therapy for the last, let's say 10 years, but I've been carrying that around for more than half of my life. And it's not like new trauma hasn't come into my life. And how am I processing that? Right. And so she was like, I just need you to understand that you're not to blame for this, but I also want you to be mindful of everything that you've been through. That didn't just exit your body because you decided to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that we been processing in therapy too so I just wanted to share that I really love that you're sharing that because one of the things that I want us to to be mindful of is as we're having this conversation I don't want anybody to feel the blame for the things that they're experiencing but what I do want and I hope that people get from this is that 
we got to do better. Mm-hmm. We have to seek help mm-hmm. because we cannot continue to allow ourselves to die. And I'm not going to say kill ourselves because I think that some of the things are coming at us that we mm-hmm. ain't even calling on, right? Yes. But I, I feel like we cannot continue to allow ourselves to die spiritually, emotionally, physically. Like we say it in a physical sense. And, and we've talked about, you know, people who may have committed suicide. But some of us, are, our creativity is dying. Mm-hmm. Like we can't get up and do the things that we normally normally would do or think and I know for us as faculty for educators that are listening to this our minds is what pays our bills yeah and so if our mind isn't well our money ain't right and one of the things I started with this conversation um honoring the lives of those who have recently passed away but I want to talk about just for a short second just for a hot minute because I told you we won't gonna be before you long mm-hmm. but Four black folks we just mentioned have committed suicide within just the last month. Mm. And so I went to pull statistics and actually I was led to the CDC because in this pandemic alone, Mm. while numbers have decreased in other races and ethnicities for black people, numbers have increased. So uh, so we are actually um, showing up during this pandemic. It was written that. We have um, one out of three black folks who could benefit from mental health treatment right now. When I was reading yesterday, I was scrolling because we don't just come on here just talking. I was actually like we was researching some stuff. And yesterday there was an article in BET.com where it was talking about pastors in the black church are now overwhelmed because in saying that they're ill-equipped and unprepared to help those that attend their church with mental health issues because there's so many of them coming and they don't have the capacity capacity nor the background or experience. And listen, even my therapist in her her organization, she was like, we are getting so many calls. We don't even have the capacity to take all of the people who need help right now. And so that goes to show you that we are overwhelmed and we are— at least looking for support. And I love that now, even though we've had our challenges in the past, you know, black people be like, don't be going to therapy now. You better pray. I love that now we are actually seeking the help and trying to get some type of therapy. But I do think we need to have a conversation about the dynamics between us and how we can support each other. What you think? I, I really do. You know what? This is a good segue. This, Go ahead. <laughs> Let, let's, uh, Dr. P, share with the people. Let's tell the folks who are out here carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, um, carrying it in their minds, carrying it in their bellies. Because some of us, we like, our stomach can't get flat because your stress is Girl, in your stomach. Come on, man. I just burped the whole baby. Listen, you can't have a Meg the Stallion body or her knees because you stressed. Listen, unless they paying for it, okay? Well, but you can go to Dr. Show about people bodies getting messed up. Look, okay. I don't know. I, I can't afford to go under the tape on the tape, so I, I don't know nothing about that. But um, I want you to really give uh, give the folks some feedback to help them as they are processing this mm. weight. And can you help us out? I will. And I think too, you know, we always got to be vulnerable. I'm gonna put myself in this situation, so I'm not just talking to our audience. I'm talking to myself. Okay? Talk to me too. I, you know. Right, so in my friend circles, I have always shown up as a strong one. Mm. I'm just being real. I am the person that everybody calls when things needs to get 
fix. You need somebody to show up. I'm going to be there on 100 with whatever you need. Mm -hmm. And so during this time when, and I'm not just going to talk about this time when we went through all of the issues with the near-death experiences, but one time when me and Mo really hit a hard place in our marriage, I'm not telling you no lie. All of my friends disappeared. I wasn't your friend at the time. Can I, you pay, can you please make note of that? Because I don't want folks thinking I'm trifling. <laughs> Why she gotta make this? Because I need to put. Excuse me. Do you got that producer? Points? Can I? Can I finish my preacher points? Yes. And so, with that being said, it made me think about what happens to strong friends when they need help. You better preach that. So, my first preaching point is show up for your strong friends, like really, and don't disappear on them when they start going through something because they've always been the person that shows up for you. Mm. And so, I had to be honest with myself because I I have been struggling with this and like grieving those friendships and relationships that I've mm. lost. But I've also had to check myself and say. Keisha, you've always shown up in a way that you made people feel like you didn't need help. Mm. And so check on your strong friends for real. And don't just text them and be like, girl, what's going on? No, be intentional about helping them out because you already know if they're the person that's always showing up for everybody, the chances of them asking for help is going to be slim to none. Wow. Can I just insert just one thing right there? Because I think that that is the most important thing. Like we see those cute posts, check on your strong friends. And sometimes our strong friends, because I'm one of them, does not know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you got to pull a Dr. P move and you got to keep... Show up at their house, son. I mean, showed (laughs) up. And I'm like, what did you do? And then this is the thing. But for real, for real, this is funny because I did not want to be bothered. And she like, oh, but I'm coming over. I'm inviting myself. (laughs) And I'm like, but nobody asked you because at at some point you just want to wallow in your sadness. So sometimes you you might showing up for your strong friend means that you might actually have to pull up unexpectedly. Pull up. Pull up so it's not just a te- oh Jesus. I need All right, to I just wanted to add that. Next. I just wanted to add that. Go go to the next point. Okay. Go to the next point. All right. So the next thing I want to say, the next preaching point I want to say is when someone tells you that they are not okay, mm. believe them the first time, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is people reach out and they be like, "Look, I'm not good." They be like, "Well, let's pray." No, pray and help them do something. Mm Because I have to be honest, in this season, I really dealt with postpartum challenges. I was sick. I was terrified. My son was sick. And I will never forget, you had, we both were going, I swear, it's like we both were going through at the same Mm. time. I called my, one of my Spelman sisters and I told her, mentally, I'm telling you right now, I am not well. And literally the next day they were there. I mean, they swarmed around me from cooking food, sending stuff to our house. Literally, and I, I, I'm i going to insert this here. I did not have to go this far, but I don't think there's any embarrassment in it. But I remember one of my Spelman sisters was like, you might want to consider medication because that'll at least help minimize your anxiety so you can just be okay for a second. Mm-hmm. And I had never been at a space like that, but literally they just wrapped their arms around me. They didn't say, well, Keisha, you know, just fight through it. It's postpartum. You're going to be good. No. When somebody tells you that they're not okay, because when you think about it, people will show you telltale signs or they'll try to allude to something to let you know they're not good. And you got to believe them. And literally, they swarmed around me. I didn't know at the time, but literally every single weekend, it was somebody there like, let me uh, make sure y'all laundry is done. Let me make sure these things are done and literally checking on my mental health. Um, And I'm going to share this because I'm just going to 
be vulnerable the day that I left the hospital and I realized that I was leaving my son at the NICU or he had to stay at the NICU, not leaving him there, but he had to stay at the NICU. I literally cried for two hours straight. Mm -hmm. I had never, I mean, I felt so empty and so low. You were calling every single person. I guess my husband must have reached out to everybody, but my phone was ringing. And at that time I could not speak, but I did not. It did. It wasn't lost on me that I felt y'all surrounding me like he should. We got you. We got mm. you. And so I just want to say when people say they're not OK, believe them. So shout out to the B.I.B.s and shout out to Charmaine for being there for me when I was at my lowest point. I also want to say, though, trust your gut. If you know somebody, you know when that person is out of character. You know when that person is not well. That sometimes, And I'm not saying everybody that you are around, you have a spiritual connection with where mm-hmm. you can feel it. But you kind of know when people's behavior changes. Mm, and so even if good. they don't verbally say, I'm not well, well, I know that something is going on with you. And you've called me and said that I have a friend, Kutain, that she called me one time and was like, what's going on with you? Like, mm-hmm. why Why are you in my spirit? Why I feel your heaviness? You you need to follow those calls. Yep, 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 yep. And the next thing I'm going to step on somebody's toes, but I got to oh. do it. You got to tell the truth and shame the devil. Read the room and ask your friend if they have space to hold your stuff. Oh, you need to repeat that one more time. Read the room and ask your friend if they have space to hold your stuff. Now, I told y'all at the beginning, I'm the friend that you can call me. I'm, mm. I will lay it on me. I got you. But in, when somebody's going through something, so if I tell you, listen, I'm, I'm stressed, I'm going through it. Our human connection is to try to connect with you. And so you start sharing your woes too. Like, yeah, girl, I remember when that happened to <laughs> me. Or they'll be like, yeah, bro, I remember that happened. But literally in that moment when you can tell that your friend is not good, hold space for them. Mm. Just let them be. Don't use that as an opportunity to dump your stuff on them, too. Because mm. remember, they've been holding your stuff for a long time. I was that friend that wouldn't even get a word in. I'd just be like, okay, just give me all your stuff, right? And so when they're sharing their things with you, I know humanly we want to say, yeah, that happened to me. But sometimes they just need you to listen and hold space for them. Mm. So that's that. That's a good one. But... I'm just going to talk to the people who are watching their folks go through. I'm going to talk to the people who are actually going through because oh, there is a level, account- a level of accountability for us, too. So the thing that we've been talking about all day is be vulnerable with people that you trust. Mm. You have to tell somebody that you are going through something. And I know it's easy to feel embarrassed, right? Like, I don't want to tell people my business. And there are people who out here just trying to get your business. They're so it makes them feel better about their business. Listen, there are folks I never hear from and was like, oh, I heard you had a baby. Really? I ain't heard from you. But anyway. But remember, we overcome by the word of our testimony. Mm, that's good So word. when you share, you... Give people the opportunity to show you that they care about you. Because in our minds, when we're isolated and we're by ourselves, we're like, don't nobody want to hear that. Why would I tell people my business? She got something going on, too. But you got to give people the opportunity to show Show up up. for you. Mm -hmm. And if you're vulnerable and share what's going on, then people will actually show up for you in ways that you never thought they could. Um, the next thing, and I'm almost there. I got a, I got more preaching points than uh, the Child, pastor. You but I, got I was you. about to listen, say you didn't go to the Baptist church, obviously, because they went, give you three points. You to, out here. I went to Kojic. Oh, Kojic. That's church what it's called. Church in Christ. Okay, yeah, clearly. So, Focus That's on why the, they don't get out on Whatever, time. whatever. Focus on the people who are there, not the people who are not. Now. 
What I know does that this, mean? Listen, That's good. Listen, I know this is hard to swallow. But when you're going through things and you've been friends with people for a long time, you expect that certain people are going to show up for you. But sometimes they don't have the capacity to. Mm. And that's okay though. That's okay. And sometimes they just don't want to show up. And that's I don't okay know too. How. But what happens is we start focusing and we're so sad. Like, how can my best friend not show up for me? How can that person that I've always shown up for not show up for me? Mm-hmm. But I promise you that during this time, it is going to help you to focus on the people that are there not the people who are not, Mm. right? And I can be honest and say that I struggle with that. Like, people who I've been friends with for many years just disappeared. And I'm still grieving those relationships and friendships, but... I have developed so many deep relationships with people who were going through the same thing mm-hmm. that I was going through mm-hmm. that I probably would have never connected with. So make sure that you focus on the people who are there and not the people who are not. You don't want to take away from that. And the final thing, because, y'all, I've been before you long. I was like, whoo, we got another one? Get a therapist. Now, that's a good—that's out of all the things you said, some good stuff, that's a good one. Listen, and I cannot stress this enough. I mm-hmm. know that— People only think they need a therapist when something is going wrong, but you need a therapist in every single season. Because your therapist will not just talk to you when things are going crazy. They're going to celebrate you when you win, too. Right. And so it might not be an every week thing, because I know for me right now, I'm still coming out of my crisis. So I meet with my therapist every single week. But when I'm doing much better then we do a monthly check in Mm -hmm. or we do it every other week. But it does not have to be something wrong for you to have a therapist. Mm -hmm. Think of a therapist as a thought partner. Mm, As a thought good. partner, somebody who's helping you process your life and giving you a different vantage point that your homegirls or your homeboys might not be able to give you. And so, and the last thing I want to say, if you have a great therapist, they will also be in contact with other medical providers that you have. When I was going through postpartum, my therapist was reaching out to my OBGYN to say, uh-huh. what type of plan do we need to put together for her to make sure that she's not just well physically, but she's well mentally, right? And so if you find somebody that's on point, they're going to take care of you that way and try to get somebody that you know you can connect with. If you want a black woman, get a black woman. You want a black man, get a black man, right? But you can find the person that you know will connect with you and give you the support that you need. And that's all I get. I, listen, you. I mean, it ain't like you took a, a short amount oh, of time, but gosh. that was really some good stuff, friend. That you, was good. As you, you can pay me. Sip your, listen, you giving it to the people for free, though. Stop about somebody for can pay free. you anyway. But let me let me just say this because your last point about finding a therapist, I feel like that's so important, and I think that was a struggle actually that I had Mm. Um, in the fall when I was trying to make these transitions happen and all these different things I actually went on a website that was geared towards um, black girls Mm. right to help black women find therapists and I knew that I wanted a black therapist and what's so crazy is I saw what my therapist was supposed to look like before I even met her like I Mm. know I needed somebody with experience somebody seasoned somebody that would give it to me straight no chase it like I knew what I wanted but as I was on this website and going through different therapists it was really hard to find a black woman mm. because so many were so booked up right and, and one of the um, co- one of the counsel- uh, therapy companies called me and they were like well we don't have access to the black therapist they didn't say the black therapist they said her name <laughs> Uh, but we do have, you know, such and such. And she is a white woman. She's culturally responsive. No, ma'am. And so I said, nah. A non-melanated 
Oh my goodness, we ain't recording so long. Not melanated folks. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, for what I'm dealing with, I need to speak to a black woman. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first experience. And then I went through a couple. And then finally, you was like, well, you need to come on over here. And so I, and I called literally the the secretary because they're booked and busy, honey. And And so when I called, I'm like, man, what you don't understand is I need to see somebody now. (laughs) Like this, this is a life now, but right now, listen, this is a life or life situation. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't want people to give up if you do not find the type of therapist that you want. And I've had crazy ones. I've had great ones. You need to really take your, your time and really you know know that if you want a black therapist if you want a a therapist that's a male or a female you can get you can get that it might take time so don't be discouraged if you don't get who you want initially yeah well friend we have made it to the last two segments but can you tell them how we have revamped this next segment oh my goodness so this is my excitement for the day come on you know um we used to do what you reading no, though? What you reading? What though? you reading though? But actually, Doctor P and I had a conversation and said, "Is that being? Um, can I say the word that we we said? Sure, I guess. Is that really centering whiteness within this space because we're only focusing on reading alone and not expanding to um, what people are listening to, whether there is music, because you know our culture podcast. is bomb, yeah. right? Um, culture, you know, just cultural things like podcast or you know your favorite musician or what you're watching on television. Yes. And so we have really expanded this category. We still got what you're reading though. We still gonna give y'all books, but. What you doing with your life? What you doing with your life? So, friend, what are you doing with your life? What you reading? What you watching? What you listening to? Well, you know what? Because this is our first um, episode, you know, of our new season. Uh-huh. Like, I know I get on you about having so many different things. Girl, I don't pay you no that, money. Well, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to pay you no money today because I got a couple. <laughs> so, I have been reading, and actually, you put me on to Audible. Mm-hmm. My God. It, that it's is a life so changing. <laughs> Because let me tell you, honey, I struggle getting through a book. I'd be like, yep, I read your book, uh, the first two chapters. But, <laughs> but, write it better. But, no, I'm joking. Look, I ain't got no book. But, yeah. Um, How the Word Was Passed by Clint Smith. That mm. book is so... Oh, my God. That book is so bomb, y'all. And it one thing good. that I love about this book is... It is coming from a historical approach, but it is hitting on like Angola. Um, what's the plantation down? The Whitney Plantation. The, Whitney plantation, yep. um, the Jeffrey Thomas Jefferson. And I'm a social studies methods um, professor within, you know, my my class. And I just mean, this book has just been eye-opening. Another one is Fugitive Pedagogy by mm. Dr. Jarvis Givens. And you put me on to that great Yeah, that work. joint is good. That joint takes us to black schooling in a way I have never seen it happen before. So I am excited about that. And if we're talking about what we're watching, can I get Ratchet for one second? Sure. The Book of Power. The Book of Power. Come on. I didn't, I didn't let it go, but I might have to pick it back You got to pick the one up with Tyreek, but okay. that's neither here nor there. Girl, what you doing with your life? What I'm doing with my life. So, two things. 
I want to talk about what I've been listening to that's been on repeat for a while. Nas is King's Disease 2. That joint is fire. More specifically, the uh, song that he got with Lauryn Hill. So I had that one on repeat. Mm. But I'm also on Audible. And can I say, uh, Jarvis Givens, can you put Fugitive Pedagogy on Audible? I would appreciate that. But uh, (laughs) right now, I'm listening to the 1619 Project on Mm. Audible. And and I started um, How the Word Passed by Clint Smith. And when you listen to them, there are so many parallels. So shout out to Audible because I got a brand new baby. And I... he. Yeah, he don't be about that book life, so we got to listen to Audible together, listen, okay? I love it. And Dr. Nicole Hannah-Jones is the author of 1619 Project? Yeah. Well, it's actually a compilation of people who, who wrote different chapters. Okay, all it's right. It's dope, it's dope. All, right. all right, friends, so we are at our last segment, and we ain't changed this, y'all. It's I See you. I see you. So, friend, <laughs> who do you see <laughs> that you want to shout out for this episode? Sis, bro, you good. Listen, one of the things, I first of all, I want to just shout us out for being so vulnerable on this first episode. Like, I'm like, dang, we can't even edit my business out. No. Nope. But, um... <laughs> I I will say that in this season, y'all, of just trying to, you know, transition and um, settle my thoughts and just all of those things, I have been on Instagram and um, I would see these posts that like one time they were uh, talking about morning anxiety and then one time they were talking about healing and trauma. Like these posts are so bomb, these reels. And um, I would like to let uh, Dr. Marielle Bouquet Bouquet. Mm -hmm. know that I see you. Like, you you are truly a blessing within. I mean, I'm probably, I'm pretty sure in your therapy and at your space in Columbia, but you are truly a blessing on Instagram because you are informing. Black folks, all folks, on what it means to be well in their bodies, mm-hmm. in their spirits, and in their minds. Mm-hmm. And Charlemagne even reposted one of her reels the other because y'all know I love me some Charlemagne the guy. Y'all gonna get us on this Breakfast Club. Sure. Sure. He reposted her, and I was like, she bomb. So I see you. Listen, who you see? So you know I couldn't uh, let us go through the first episode and not be my what complete self how many so people I you have got multiple people i want to shout out and uh whatever i don't care i wish y'all could see oh so, y'all can see my face so the first person i want to shout out is dr b oh and well the, you should have started with that <laughs> no okay. no mm-hmm. I just want to say I would not have been able to get through this oh. season without you and i just appreciate you for <sighs> Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. And I also want to shout out my Spelman Mm. sisters. This season, it literally almost took me out. And between that group and you, y'all just wrapped your arms around me. Um, From showing up just to spend the night for one night and help me with the baby and make sure me and Mo get some sleep, making sure we have food. Um, showing up at the hospital to help me pump. I mean, oh lord, Shemaine we ain't gonna tell people y'all how I, just, I had to like do stuff for you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and I don't think that you. I think it's important for y'all to get y'all flowers now. And I just want to say thank you. The list is endless. Um, and yeah, I love y'all. Like seriously, for real. And I know that yeah, anybody can say that. Lord knows, I love you too. Because. <laughs> 
it ain't my show. We got another show that we're going to dig deeper in that. But just being a friend during this time and going through these experiences, it's one thing to tell your friend, like, I ain't going to make it without you. But when you actually think that your friend is not going to make it, that hit different. Listen. Listen, we got to get out of here because the people probably like, Lord, this is well, so emotional. Well, girl, get them the bulletin listen, board so we can get up out of here. Y'all know at the black church when they used to have the church bulletin. Girl, give it listen, to Listen, let me give y'all some announcements because as you all can see on our social media, it's we popping. are popping. It's, it's Wait popping. a minute. Can it's you give popping. a shout out to our folks? Can we give a shout out to our newest members Ooh. of our team? Mm. Mm. Mimi and Brittany. Come on Come with the Black Gays Click. So they are now our creative and marketing directors, and we are just so thankful to have them on our team. And they just dope, y'all. They just all oh, around dope. So dope. PhD students killing it in the game. And we are just so thankful that y'all said yes um, to us. And so give us the rest of the bulletins because we running. We need y'all to follow us on our Instagram, on our Twitter, on our Facebook, and do on it. our YouTube. All you got to do is hit us do at Black Gays Podcast, okay? Um, one of the other things that we ask you all to do is to share our episodes with all your folks. Even share it with your enemies because we need their minds to be right too. Engage with us, with, with us on social media. You will see that we have all these this or that, these uh, Black Friday. Friday. Come on, we y'all. We got all these things happening on our social media, y'all. We trying to do better, so we actually need you to help us do better. So yes. engage with us. And that's all we got. Well, all it's right. your girl, Dr. Portrait. And it's your girl, Dr. Bertrand. And we, we out. out. <laughs>